Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. I'm Bharati Jagdish. Now, consumer prices in Singapore continued to climb and reached a fresh 14-year high in September. This on the back of higher costs of food, services and other goods as well. I'm sure you have felt it. Now, both MAS and MTI say that core inflation is expected to remain high in the next few quarters before slowing perhaps in the second half of next year as the tight domestic labour market eases and global inflation moderates. But households are clearly facing rising costs of living and soaring electricity prices. Amid all of this, being eco-friendly apparently can be wallet-friendly too. Lixil Corporation, which makes pioneering water and housing products that solve everyday real-life challenges to what they say to make better homes a reality for everyone, everywhere, has some tech solutions that perhaps could suit you in this post-COVID era. Bijoy Mohan, Executive Officer and Executive VP of Lixil Corporation, joins us to tell us more. Hi, Bijoy. Hi, Bharti. Thanks for having us on the show. Happy to have you on. Now, I was just looking at your website, and I love the way it's been written, that you want to make better homes a reality for everyone, everywhere, and it's all about surprisingly simple things, showers and faucets to experience water in new ways, kitchens that unleash creativity. So tell me more about the philosophy behind all of this. Yeah, thanks, Bharti. Now, uh, Lixil is, we are one of the world's largest building product companies, and uh, a lot of our brands might be familiar to your listeners. Brands like Grower, American Standard, and Enax in bathrooms, Torstum and Windows, And all of these brands, when we put together a portfolio, a guiding principle has been the purpose that you just mentioned, making better homes a reality for everyone everywhere. And a big piece of that now is the sustainability story. And for us, uh, you know, the easy part of sustainability really is uh, meeting some of the uh, mandated targets or adhering to the zero carbon policy that we have set for ourselves. We have determined that we will be net zero within our processes and manufacturing by 2050. But that's the easier part, really. We, we believe that the real challenge, the opportunity, is around the fact that our products, products like what you use in the bathroom or in the kitchen, they are used by consumers for 10 to 15 years uh, minimum. And there's a lot of opportunity for us to contribute in saving water and energy in the home. And uh, this is where we have focused a lot of our technology, a lot of innovations, with primarily the focus being not just reducing, say, the, the flow of water, for example, Uh, We try to focus on how can we make sure that you can do more with less? How can you use less water in a shower but still get all the shampoo out of your hair? Otherwise, you just spend more time in the shower. Or how can you flush a toilet with just one flush rather than doing it two or three times? So that's where our focus of technologies have been. Mm. How do you actually bring all of this into reality? What is the technology really behind it? Because you're working with various brands, and I'm sure each of them has their own ways of achieving the goals that you talk about. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, each brand and each category really uh, needs to address it from a different perspective. You know, Just with a few examples, like I mentioned, with American mm. Standard brand, which is one of the world's largest toilet brands, there we focus on uh, effective and efficient flushing. So trying to make sure that we design the, uh, the water flow, the water valves, the, the passage rate through which the water travels to make sure that we can reduce in many cases up to up to 40 or 50% of water usage per flush. Uh, so there it's about really the channel design and valve designs. 
then we have in uh, in our, some of our faucets, like uh, in, in Europe, we have a new range of what we call cold start faucets that save energy by up to 40%, by just simply making sure that you're more deliberate about how much energy you really want to use and how much hot water you want to use and not just wasting the hot water that you'd use in a shower. Uh, one of the most exciting uh, products that we've had a lot of success with is our Grow Her Blue, which is a product that actually gets you sparkling water out of your tap, uh, saving a lot of bottling, really. We, you know, we've defined plastic bottles as the enemy there. And that's another way in which we have addressed uh, you know, the sta- sustainability challenge. So it really takes different routes, different product forms, different technologies. I've spoken to a lot of business owners and they tell me that often getting internal and external stakeholders on board on the ESG journey, whether it's environmental, social or governance, can be very challenging. What did it entail for you in order to get your internal and external stakeholders, the various brands you work with, to also buy into this philosophy and to then operationalize it? Yeah, see, in the internal uh, piece first. Now, that was easier because, like I said, we are truly a purpose-driven company, a purpose of making better homes a reality. This is uh, everyone who works in the company understands that this is not just a slogan put up on a wall somewhere. It is something we truly live and breathe. So there's a lot of consensus. Uh, there's a lot of pride in the fact that we uh, we mean this and we embed this into our business. So there is plenty of bottom-up push even from our employees in terms of doing more. So that was the easy part. Uh, the only question was how. Everyone was committed to doing it, but they wanted to make sure you know, that we had a good way, good technologies to do it. And we addressed that, of course. Uh, externally, this is still an evolving uh, situation. In some parts of the world, there is huge acceptance from the consumers uh, already about the need for being more sustainable. They want water-saving solutions, energy-saving solutions. They want circular solutions, solutions, products that can be reused or recycled. And we're addressing that very quickly. In other parts of the world, in actually right now in parts of Asia, this is something that we're having to do a lot of education on. We show uh, developers and consumers what they can really do, the water they can save. We have water calculators that show them actually their monthly or annual usage and the amount of money they can save and energy as well. So that is a lot of education. So some parts of the world is education. Some parts of the world, it's really just fulfilling the latent demand uh, that already exists. But I, I must say, but one thing that we're really excited about is the fact that people are now, it's not just about direct cost to their wallets. People are really more interested in some of the hidden costs, like the cost of wasted water Mm. or the cost of carbon that's not really priced into what you do every day. And so there is a lot of awareness and interest around that. So that's interesting. Mm, Yeah, I was actually just about to ask you that. Do people only buy into it if you tell them you can save money? Do they actually care about the environmental impact of the products that they're using? Yeah, I would say we see that right now when it comes to large developments, uh, office buildings, hotels, it is primarily about the cost because their businesses and the people making decisions have are accountable to certain numbers and they need to meet them. So in these circumstances, it is primarily about cost and we are able to fulfill that. But with consumers, uh, it's not really about cost and what they can save. It's really about how they want to contribute. I mean, they understand the impact that they make. I mean, they understand how easy it is with a few decisions for them to really reverse some of that negative impact. We find that they're very keen. You know, funnily enough, in many parts of the world, because water and, you know, energy is not priced really the way it should, 
just the cost savings you'd get by saving water would probably not be enough of an incentive. You've got to want to do more than that. Mm. You're right about the fact that a lot of experts have pointed out that things such as water should actually be priced much higher than it is currently. And actually that would help prevent wastage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if uh, we know it would be great for our business because the water was priced at market, you would be really having a lot more consumers breaking down our doors to get some of the solutions that we have. And we wouldn't have to educate people so much. But, you know, that's that's been a, an issue for years and decades. It's a political hot potato, really, the pricing yeah. water. So. Yeah, and policymakers have to be on board with some of the things that environmentalists have been advocating as well in that regard. So in the meantime, yeah. we have this situation. It is what it is. Let's make the best of it. What have you noticed in terms of changes to the Singaporean lifestyle in the new normal? And how does that relate to what we're talking about today, which is sustainability and and cost savings, of course. I would answer that slightly broader because uh, I, I manage the global business, everything except Japan. So I see the commonalities across markets. And I would mm-hmm. say what we see in Singapore is pretty similar to what we see globally. But there are three really major trends. One is, of course, on health and well-being. Consumers clearly, and especially through the pandemic, uh, they've been a lot more conscious about their own well-being. And it goes beyond just hygiene, uh, mental well-being. And th- there is a lot of focus on that. So we do we do see that there is a lot more engagement of consumers in personal care, uh, even you know skin care. They want to understand what they're consuming or the water they're using in their bathrooms or the water they're drinking. So there's a lot of focus on that. Uh, number two is sustainability, and this is what I was saying. Where there's a lot of consciousness, they want to know what they're buying and why they're buying. Even the concept of luxury we are seeing clearly is changing. Where people say luxury now is about the option to be sustainable. It's not just about being big and bling. It is about uh, the true mark of luxury is you that you choose to be mindful, you choose to be sustainable. So that's an interesting development. And lastly, it's really about the home itself. Uh, you know, during the last few years, where people have spent so much more time at home, they become a lot more conscious about how they want their home to be. Uh, there's a lot more of uh, integration of different functionality that they want. You know, a very simple uh, example that uh, we have seen is, you know, we've always said that in your home, the kitchen faucet is actually the most used device in a home. Uh, if you think of it, there is mm. no other appliance or device that is used as often as a kitchen faucet is. But during the pandemic, again, with people staying at home, that usage has gone up by about 30 to 40 percent. So you're talking about some of these products that people are now interacting with much more often than they did earlier. So now they have new demands from them. Now, here's the thing. What is your advice to consumers who might be starting on this journey and are not quite sure about how to pick products? What questions to ask when deciding on how to make their homes a little more eco-friendly and not so painful on their wallets as well? Yeah, This is an area that the whole industry needs to evolve much more rapidly into because uh, if you consider when you're trying to renovate a kitchen or a bathroom, then it's not as easy as just renovating furniture where you can just go pick up uh, what you want based on your design. You don't even know where to start. Do you start with a plumber, with a mm. designer, with tiles, with, you know, there's so many different elements that need to come together. So this is a big piece of, I, I would always recommend consumers to go to companies, go to service providers that can give you a complete holistic view and take the holistic responsibility to design everything together. Because your choice, if you want to have a more sustainable bathroom or kitchen, or if you want a cost-effective bathroom or kitchen, it only works if you can design everything together. 
And uh, there are companies that have started, we ourselves have, we have started offering more holistic tools, uh, digital tools and software that we can help in visualizing and building an entire end-to-end journey for the consumers. I think that's critical. Without that, you would end up always with suboptimal solutions. One of the solutions that we launched in the U.S. uh, last year called Turbo was just about that, giving consumers a complete, you can sit at home and design uh, your entire bathroom or kitchen. And then when everything is done, you just need to, you know, then pick up the different elements. How do you as a business ensure that your entire value chain is eco-friendly and sustainable? Since you work with so many brands, how do you keep an eye on them as well? Now, see, this uh, is something that most companies, including us, are now forced to do as part of a lot of the ESG-related metrics that we track. A lot of the TCFD declarations that we have to do. Uh, we have to go back not just into our own operations, but into our suppliers, into our entire value chain and understand all the different elements of that and make sure that we are, it's not just our targets of, say, zero carbon. We have to look at that in the entire value chain. So this, uh, fortunately, the industries are developing. There are, uh, there are tools available now. There's, you know, there's very good education within most value chains. Uh, to give us that transparency. Uh, but there, there is still, I mean, you know, you, we might be able to go into one or two levels of our supply base, but beyond that, sometimes it's not as transparent. So it's evolving. Uh, thankfully, it's evolving in the right direction for the whole industry. All right. Thank you very much for your time today, Bijoy. Yeah. Bijoy Mohan, Executive Officer and Executive VP of Lixil Corporation. Thanks for joining us on Primetime. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.